We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friend. I'm so honored by your presence and hoping you're having a fantastic day. And if not, I believe this show is going to support you in settling into a place of more comfort, peace, and the love that is the true self within yourself. So fear, you know, it's a natural emotion that I think everyone experiences. And I believe it's actually an unavoidable consequence as being a human being on planet Earth. However, for some people, fear can be destructive and create almost an energetic paralysis. It can prevent some people from having any quality of life at all. For others, fear can be used as a tool to propel them on their journey. It can help them strengthen their courage muscle and actually support them in claiming the life of their dreams. So what's the difference between fear as a friend versus fear as an enemy? And how can we use this natural energy of fear as fuel to help us manifest an empowered life we truly love? Well, here to answer these questions, to inform and to support us, is my expert, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. Dr. Manley is a leading psychologist, author, advocate, and fear specialist. Dr. Manley says instead of denying fear, we need to face it. We need to hear its inner voice. Dr. Manley's methods help us detach from fear and learn from it. She teaches us how to separate constructive fear from destructive fear and assists us in finding the meaning in our fear so that we can use it to our benefit, for our upliftment, and for our growth. Here to talk about her beliefs, her tools, her teachings, and her new book, Joy from Fear, Create the Life of Your Dreams by Making Fear Your Friend, is Dr. Carla Marie Manley for a second show. We had her on last week, and we're so happy to have her back for this week. So, Dr. Manley, say, thank you for saying yes to another conscious conversation with us here today on Empower Radio. It's a joy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I so enjoyed your conversation last week and your exercises. And my listeners, if you didn't... Uh, check that out. You really need to. There's so much good stuff there and there's more good stuff to come. So Dr. Manley, you talk about creating fear, creating a friendship from fear. And again, that might sound strange. I know years ago, if I would have heard you say that, I wouldn't have known what you're talking about and certainly wouldn't have known how to embark on that process of getting to know our fear as a friend. Can you tell me a little bit about how we can begin this, um, experience and start to create a friendship with fear? Uh, it's such a good question because it goes right to the, to the heart of the work with, with fear. Fear we often think of as being an enemy. And mm -hmm. in our culture, we're told, get over your fear or mm -hmm. get through your fear or you're a sissy. Stop being afraid. Hmm. Well, fear actually has some really good constructive messages. So there's rational fear, the fear of getting bit by a dog that, you know, bit the neighbor, right? But then there's this whole other side of fear that is about irrational fear. Mm 
fear that holds us back. And this is the biggest part of fear in our daily lives because most of us don't have tigers and lions and bears chasing us around. The biggest thing we have chasing us around is the irrational fear that's rooted in the psyche Mm -hmm. that tells us that we are not good enough, we are not valuable, we are not safe, we are not lovable. So the work is to learn to listen to the voice of fear and to detangle it. I call it deconstructing fear. Mm -hmm. So a good example might be having a fear. I'm in a job, a job where, you know, my boss is hypercritical and, you know, the pay is limited. And I tell myself, oh, you know, I don't have the right education. I really, I just have to suck it up and take this. Mm-hmm. And that's irrational fear keeping me stuck in the job. Truth is, I don't have to take that. The truth is, I can learn to listen to that fear and listen to the constructive side of it, which in the constructive side would say, hey, put out some resumes, you know, go on the internet, see what's out there. If you need a little more education, you can get the education at night or on weekends, talk to friends, make connections, right? So that's a constructive use of that destructive fear, moving from the destructive to the constructive. So now we have made friends with fear. Mm -hmm. Another way might be where you're in a relationship and you're really stuck, and you know the relationship is toxic. You just do. You just do. With every fiber of your being, the person, your mate, talks to you sarcastically, puts you down, you know, and, but you're afraid to leave. You know, you're comfy there. You're comfortably uncomfortable is what I say. Mm-hmm. We get stuck. We're afraid of looking for a new place or, you know, what will our friends think? So there's, that's also destructive fear. And what constructive fear would say in that case is, wait a second, you're worth more than this. You do not deserve to be ridiculed. You do not deserve to be shamed. You do not, to be, you do not deserve to be talked to with sarcasm. What you deserve is to be treated with dignity, kindness, love, tenderness, respect. That's the voice of constructive fear. And then when we start listening to constructive fear, because its messages are good, they're empowering, they want us to be our best. So we we want to listen to destructive fear. We don't want to ignore it, but then we want to listen to the opposite side, Mm -hmm. the constructive fear. And then we want to use that energy. Here's where it gets tricky, because changing our lives, the transformation, the transformational fear is where we take the ideas and the awareness we've garnered during steps one and step two, and then it's this third step where we move wisely. We use all of that information and self-awareness to create a better life. So if that means we find a better job because we've looked around and find something that suits us better, where the boss isn't toxic and the pay is better, or where we've talked to the toxic partner and said, hey, this is the way I need to be treated. And if you're not willing to do the work to treat me this way, I value myself too much. I am really ready to leave and Mm -hmm. to do that work and take those steps. And so that is how we make fear our friend, by slowing the process down, not getting stuck in destructive fear, not getting stuck 
once we just meet constructive fear and say, yeah, I kind of hear that. I hear it in my head. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, but no, it's too much work. I'm not worth it. And then again, that is how we make fear our friend and realizing Mm -hmm. that when we make it action, when we cultivate the courage, the perseverance, you know, the intestinal fortitude to get out there and do the shift. And they don't have to be big shifts. I'm not saying you want to upend your life overnight. It may mean that step one is putting out feelers for a new job. Step two may be writing a new resume. Step three may be taking a couple courses so you feel more powerful. Um, And then creating that freedom. That's the piece. Make the little goals, the little micro goals under the macro goal. If If you're in a toxic relationship, start noticing, you know, when I'm around this person, do I feel better about myself or worse? Is this person up-leveling me and am I up-leveling them? Mm-hmm. Is this a healthy, sacred relationship? And if not, taking micro steps to say, okay, I care enough about myself and who I am to listen to these voices of constructive fear and move into a part of my life where I will be more empowered, more real, more of a whole person. And so that's how we make fear our friend. I love it. And what's coming to mind as you are speaking about this, Dr. Manley, is that uh, destructive fear tells us that we have no value, that we're worthless. Constructive fear says, no, you do have value and you um, are worthy. And if we can get to that place, I feel like fear probably has a lot of insight and information and can help us be maybe more discerning in our lives. Absolutely. It helps us get rid of the messages, the what, what I call psychic interjects. That's a psychological mm-hmm. term for what, here's the way I like to look at them. When we're little, our parents and the people around us give us sticky notes. And the sticky notes go inside of us as psychic interjects. You're mm-hmm. smart, you're beautiful, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're strong, mm-hmm. you're sharp, you're a sissy, you're too emotional, right? Those right. are the feeding grounds of destructive fear. Those psychic interjects become the place that fear, and if they're negative interjects, right, you're too stupid. All you have are your looks, you're, you know, you're this or that. The destructive fear feeds on those. And so when we start becoming aware of those messages, then constructive fear, because a lot of times those messages take us down to the root fear of you're not going to be loved. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, you will be rejected. And that takes us, Tammy, to the very primitive part of who we are, Mm -hmm. that part of every human being that simply wants to be loved. We simply want to be safe. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have that in common. On a very tribal level, we know that if we are the black sheep, we're on the outside and the wolf is going to come and eat us. So we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. So some of the work with destructive fear is really looking at if the messages are true, if you do X, Y, or Z, will you really be unloved? If you don't do what you should do, 
what you should do per mom, dad, husband, coach, boss, will you really be rejected? And if so, does the rejection by that person, because this gets a little deep, is that meaningful? So, for example, if you really say, hey, I need a divorce. I need a divorce. My relationship is toxic. Everything I've tried hasn't worked. Husband's not interested in marriage therapy. And then a voice comes up and says, you were raised with this religion. God will hate you. God will not love you, right? Mm -hmm. So see how it gets back to that basic. And then you get to say, wow, do I really believe in a God who would want me to stay unhappy? Right? Do I really want to subscribe to that? I think, and and so really, I think for all of us, it's starting to challenge, not that there's a right or wrong answer to that, but starting to challenge what we've believed so we become empowered and start thinking with wisdom, not through the lens of how we were socialized. Yes. And I think you're so right. You know, if we boil it all down, to me, that was my greatest fear, that that God wouldn't love me, that I wasn't worthy or valuable from the perspective of the divine. And that brought me to the question that Einstein asked, do you believe the universe is a safe and loving place or not? And I unconsciously guessed I didn't believe it was. I didn't believe I was lovable and I didn't believe the universe was safe. And so that was my foundation that I established this um, very painful life on. It looked okay from the outside in, but boy, was I in some anguish. So I had to dismantle everything and bring it back down to the foundation and really establish it on the foundation that, you know what? The universe is safe. It was an experiment. (laughs) I am loved. I am valuable. I am worthy. And once that foundation was established, the life I've built is very different and really um, magical. And um, I think that's the journey of the hero that we're all on. And I'm, I'm glad I said yes. I'm glad I said yes to um, establishing um, a loving connection with life. And I'm grateful that you said yes to this too, but it does seem like we have to get to a place of a lot of pain to make that conscious choice and really participate in this adventure. And I really love, you know, again, what you brought up about the universe is a safe and loving place, right? Yes. And... So many times, you know, people say, I no longer believe in God. I no longer believe in religion because God has failed me, right? Mm -hmm. And often I think we don't differentiate between the universe, the divine being safe and loving, and our human experience where we encounter people that are not safe and loving. You're so right. Mm-hmm. And that is such a big part of the journey is realizing I can't, I can't put that on God. I can't put that on the divine. And I can't put it on myself that the, there are other people out there that will betray, that will mislead. And I can do my work is to be aware of them as best I can and steer clear of them as best I can. Mm -hmm. And my other part of my work is to realize that that's not a reflection of the divine and that we can empower ourselves to learn to differentiate between what is safe and loving and what is not Mm -hmm. and to draw more of what is safe and loving toward us 
And when somebody is not safe and loving and we've given them, I call it giving them the three chances, right? You give them the chance to understand what your expectations are. And if they still keep hurting you the same way, then it's like, I love you and I forgive you, but I can't let you in my circle anymore. I see (laughs) the image of work. No, I absolutely agree. I see the image of like a target or a bullseye. It's like, okay, you've been demoted or now you have to get off my target. They have different boundaries for different kinds of people and they can be promoted and demoted depending on how they show up in my life. And so, yeah, that's been a really important process. The boundaries and discernment. Who do you let close and how close? Yes. Absolutely. And that's the place where a lot of people will say, you know, a lot of my clients will say, you know, I'm dating the same man over and over again. Right? Mm-hmm. How does this man keep showing up? He looks different. I think he's different, but he's the same. Once he gets, you know, I get to know him, he's the same abusive bully. And it's like, ah, right. Yes. It's the fact that there's a boundary thing going on there. There's learning to discern and really know what you want and being able to see past the facade of people and not blaming yourself, just saying, hey, it's I need to learn more. I need to slow it down. There's something, there's a learning lesson here. Not faulting the self. Tammy, it never does any good to fault the self. No, and if you do that, you're going to attract it. Yeah, you have to um, look within. When I was looking at men that were treating me um, unkindly, I finally had to ask myself, well, how do I treat me unkindly? They were simply a mirror and a reflection of my relationship with me. And as long as I was pointing the finger out, it was going to keep happening. I had to really look at that relationship with myself. And that's what I love about your book. It's really about taking responsibility for one's relationship with themselves and rewiring that from the inside out so you attract different kinds of people and situations in your life. And it, it's exactly, you said it beautifully. I'm speechless. You said it really beautifully. <laughs> that so it is the rewiring of the self from the inside out. Absolutely. So true. Absolutely. And I love something that you, um, I think this is on your website, but I just love how you articulated this so much. Life can be a journey of consciously crafting the best version of oneself. Wellness and joy do not occur by chance. They're fostered by manifesting one's true light with courage and strength. By creating a respectful, aware relationship with oneself and others, the mind, body, and spirit thrive. And isn't that what we all really want? I believe so. I believe that we all want that. We sometimes just don't know how to cultivate it. Absolutely. We think it's out there. We think it's in a pill or a dress or a fancy car. Or it's for other people and not for us. Or yeah, yes. there's a lot of different excuses that can come up in one's mind. Oh yeah, that would be nice. Or I'm jealous that they have it and I don't. Or I'm not worthy of that. But none of that's true. I think we can all um, create that. Uh, amazing version of ourselves. It does take courage. It does take work. And it does take, I think, commitment and intention and diligence. But I think each and every single one of us deserves to thrive physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Absolutely. And it is such a process. It is very difficult at work, as you said, you know, doing the full rewiring. And then once 
you've done that, it's more of a matter, not that life gets free of blips, right? But it's more a matter of what I call polishing the stone. You know, yes. We start with this hunk of coal and it's like, what do we do with this? Or this very rough diamond, whatever way you want to look at it. And then we start polishing and we polishing and we work on the issues and we work on the issues and we just keep polishing. And then we think we're going yes. along and doing pretty great. And then we're like, uh-oh, rough spot here. Okay, polish, polish, polish. And do Doing that with an absolute attitude of loving kindness and compassion. Mm. Again, not shooting the self or blaming the self or others, but saying, wow, this is a process. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, I'd like to wait, throw away this polishing cloth, but you know, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to keep polishing because that is the journey of life. And yes, you're right, Tammy, it's not for the person next door. It's not for the movie star. It is not for, you know, the tennis star. It is for all of us. It is for every single one of us to polish that stone of who we are. Absolutely. To radiate the way children radiate. Mm -hmm. To just go back to that essence of joy that I believe that is our core human quality. I believe it is who we all are inside. If I agree. we can get away from all of those layers of shoulds, would'ves, could'ves, shame, embarrassment, and find that indeed we are all connected. We are mm-hmm. all so much alike. We are just these little beacons of love. And now there's a few outliers, I must say, but I think for most of us, <laughs> there is this, these, you know, we're beacons of love who just want to be loved. And to love. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. The truest truth of who we are is light, is love. You know, that's why my show is called Journey to Center. It's about um, getting to that place and residing in that uh, sanctuary of joy and peace and light and love within. And then as we do that work to get to that place inside of ourselves, our lives can reflect a lot of miracles and magic and God winks and synchronicity and support. But it doesn't happen without our participation, our invitation. And and sometimes it seems like a lot of effort, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Absolutely. And I love how you use the word participation mm-hmm. because um, I have a lot of people ask me, oh, but what about the idea of manifesting? You know, I created my vision board and I'm manifesting. I'm trying to you know, manifest. It should work that way. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's great that you did the vision board. So that's part of it. But then you have to go out and you have to participate. Treat and move your feet. Yes, absolutely. You have to do the work to connect and to create the opportunity and then to notice the opportunity. So the vision board is a great start. The idea of manifesting is the great start. But then you're right, Tammy. Go out, move your feet. Open your heart. Use your arms. You know, do what you do, what will allow you to feel the divine making, making the doors open for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because setting intentions and wanting to manifest and doing the vision boards is a piece of the puzzle. But then also being open and receptive to what the universe has for you. My life looks very different than what I um, had intended to manifest. But you know what? It feels 
like what I wanted it to feel like, which is loving, which is joyful, which is miraculous. So it's like participating and surrendering, participating and surrendering. It's, uh, it's a very interesting process when we kind of find our own rhythm. And I think that's what we all need to do is take responsibility for finding our current and our rhythm and our unique shape in the world. And I love that you brought up the image of surrender because we often, so easy, again, using the image of a vision board, I get in my mind what I want and how it should look and exactly, you know, what it's supposed to be, right? Right. That I cross that T. And then we miss other opportunities because they're not in line with what we've put on the vision board. It doesn't look exactly like what we thought was going No, no. And so I came up with a little saying that um, something to the effect of my will of wanting gets in the way of what the universe wants for me. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that is And so that Mm -hmm. is surrender. And that is what made sense to me that I have to, yes, I can want, yes, I can desire. But just like my book, you know, Joy from Fear, that some of the way it's manifesting is different from maybe what I first envisioned. But Mm -hmm. I'm getting out of my way. I am letting the universe also do its work in manifesting. And I think that's why we're here is to have this cosmic love affair and this dance. And um, (laughs) yeah, sometimes we're participating and leading and sometimes we're following and, and receiving. And I think they're both important qualities if we want to live a a really prosperous, abundant, joy filled, miraculous life. Yes. I like that cosmic love affair. Yes, cosmic love affair. Like. <laughs> I can tell you've done a lot of work to get above the cloud line and there's lots of rainbows and joy and sparkles in your life. And I'm so grateful to be able to um, just have this conversation and share you with our audience. So Dr. Manley, we have like a minute left. Can you please tell people where they can connect with you and grab a copy of your amazing, amazing book, Joy from Fear, Creating the Life of Your Dreams by Making Fear Your Friend? Thank you, Tammy. So you can find me at drcarlamanley.com, C-A-R-L-A, Manley, M-A-N-L-Y.com. Books are available at your local bookstore on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. Please, if you like supporting your local bookstores, just ask them for a copy. If it's not on their shelves, they'll get it for you in a day or two. And please feel free to find me on my Facebook page, Dr. Carla Manley, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Join me in some meditation videos there. And I love when people email me with questions, want to connect. Um, Makes me just so happy to connect with people who are on a path to self-awareness and empowerment. Oh, yes. I feel like we have so much in common. You are my soul sister, and I adore you. (laughs) I adore you, Tammy. Thank you. We didn't get to talk about half what we... I thought we were going to have a chance to talk about, you know, the masculine and the feminine and the the qualities. I'm going to have to have you back because that was on my list. We need to talk about that, too. So we're getting you back on the calendar here. And to my friends, thank you for letting us be part of your day. I hope you're feeling uplifted and sparkly from the inside out like I am uh, from this conversation. And just know that you're in my heart, my meditation, my prayers. And let's be in touch. Facebook, Twitter, TammyBPhD.com. Onward and upward. Take good, gentle care of yourself. I love you. Bye for now. 